Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another episode of the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry. And we come at you every Monday and Friday here on WGR550.com. Sorry about Friday. Things happened, a little bit of personal business, and then the podcast could not happen. So, our apologies for that. But, we're back, and we have outscored the Bills' offense. Everyone's outscored the Bills' offense. Can we name something that hasn't outscored the Bills' offense, besides the Bills' defense? I can't even say the Cardinals. They got a garbage timer. Yeah. I could have. Could have. But I can't because yeah. I got a garbage timey. And, man, Josh Rose would look bad that one. So, Frank, I don't want to talk about the depressing part first. No, not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't want – I don't want to talk about the Bills right now. So I'm going to not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to hold off until we absolutely have to on this podcast. I'll just say one thing really quick about it. No, you can save it for later. Okay. Fine. You can save it for later. Why? Because we're going to talk about something that's going to make me happy. Sabres they close out their five-game road trip with a pair of wins to close it out with a 3-2 and two record out west. Now 5-4 and four on the season. Yay! Also known as probably at nine games, absolutely at nine games, you're going to have more wins than the Bills. Congrats. It's a guarantee, actually. Mm -hmm. That's depressing. (laughs) Is it? See, I don't want to talk about the Bills. (laughs) Now, the Sabres, though, that road trip, it looked a little uh, ominous through the second part of it. Like, you get to Arizona – and, yeah, the Coyotes are bad. You better win that game. And they did win that game. Your test was, okay, Shout let's out. see what you can do about Vegas. Let's see what you can do with uh, San Jose. Those are teams that you're going to really want to see a measuring stick on. And they did not look good. That team struggled as a whole, generating chances. And Phil Housley took that big old red button, pushed it, and blew it up. Now, the San Jose game, they were in it until the third period. That was the biggest takeaway. That's the biggest takeaway from that game. Vegas smothered them the whole night. And San Jose, they were, like I said, they were in it. And then the third period happened, and San Jose was like, hey, we're really good. Here's why. But then again, still, you need your top guns to do your thing. Yeah. And they didn't in those two games. And then what happened? Well, we we go out to L.A. where there's another team that can't score goals. And the Sabres go, well, we can uh, sometimes when we want to. And guess what? We're going to do it because we know we can. And by we, I mean Jeff Skinner, who 
outscored the Bills' offense throughout the weekend by himself. <laughs> it helps that it get, you get a trick in L.A., though. And everyone, when Housley hit the big old button that blew everything up, everyone was upset about Skinner, Eichel, Pominville. Mostly because of the Pominville part, not because of anything else. Like, everyone wants to see Eichel paired with Skinner. Everyone wants to see that sort of thing. But, yeah, the next thing you know, everyone's just like, wait, Pominville? Housley, are we sure you're mentally stable? Are we sure you know what you're doing? Are we sure that you're a hockey coach? Instead of a kid trying to just throw things together and see what sticks. Turns out, that's why we all on Twitter. At least so far for the first two games of it. I think that Housley Housley put this line together to see if anyone else on the right wing could get their stuff together. And for now, Pominville can hold on to it. That's what I think that was. And that... Pominville makes sense. He makes sense in short spurts. Yeah, he's not going to do anything spectacular, but he's also also not going to cost you. He's still a reliable player. He's a reliable player. He's still he up there st- in age. He makes Yes, he's up there in age, but he still makes smart decisions. He makes good decisions, and he knows how to work without being fast anymore. He's adapted to that part of the game. Yeah, yeah. At least offensively, for sure. So I, that's why I'm fine with Pomaville with Eichel and Skinner. Kind of like when, I mean, with last season, it was, early, it was at the beginning of the year, Pomaville, Eichel, Kane. Yes, and those three were clicking pretty well. I just know that Jason Pominville at the age of 35 is not going to be a... Is he 35? Uh, 35, 36. Either way, that that's still being the case. I know he's not an 82-game line one Yeah, no, he's not. It's not. But if this is something for a short term where you roll with this for maybe... If you could roll with this for a month and then change things up later and then maybe even go back to it later in the season especially if they go if this especially if they're able to go on a run and potentially contend for the playoffs you know that's and you need and you need to shake up lines somehow to do that you can look at you can look at what you did earlier in the year with Pomvo Eichel and Skinner assuming Skinner's still here obviously let's assume that he is i think they're going to play well enough that they will get him in here and that yeah. they will sign him long term but then you could go back to that yeah, I think I, I think that Pominville was put on that line just so that everyone can get their stuff together. Also, Pominville kind of earned it. Yeah, he's he was he, playing on the fourth line, pretty well. He's, he's been playing well. The fourth line has been most consistently dangerous throughout these nine games, I think. Because there were times where the first line would even disappear. But guess what? Pominville, Rodriguez, or Gergensons are showing up with a goal randomly. What? Okay. Uh, I'm down for that. And that's how it happens. That's what happens when you put players who are meant for those kind of roles on that on that line. And that's also what happens when you have guys that are earning ice time and, well, you got to do something about it. You got to give it to them because they're earning it. And for Pominville and Rodriguez in particular, they earned it. They really have. So... Again, everyone everyone hated that combination. Everyone hated it. And what happened? Well, we were told what's up in those next two games. We were told what's up real good. 
Twitter's a funny place. Twitter's a funny place, and that's why we're all on it. Mm-hmm. And we're not NHL head coaches, I guess. Yeah. Yes, a broken clock is right twice a day, too. But I also would like to think that Phil Housley has something worth his credit and to his, you know, to his credential to being a head coach. I would like to hope so. Because otherwise, we're talking about this. You have to do something right to get in that position. You have to not only do something right, but I hope you do more of that something right. Yeah. Because, come on, if you're not, then what are we doing here? Right? Exactly. I think that this team is far more exciting. It's far more fun. And it makes me like... It it makes me like slash hate being able to cheer on a team that could be good. Because I know I'm not getting that with my other team over there. And I haven't gotten this from the Sabres since, what, 2012, 2013? Around there, yeah. And then then what happened after that, we all know. (laughs) So, this looks like a team, though, that it's fun... It's entertaining. You want them to win. You expect that they're going to win some of these games. And when they don't, well, can you at least look good doing it? The answer so far through nine games, for the most part, is yes. They're playing exactly how we should have expected them to. They're either going to have games where they look really good, or they're going to have games where they look bad. That's And that's, that's what you have to expect when you have a still a very young team and in that transition from where you had where you're old where you, you traded Ryan O'Reilly, Vander Kane's gone, you have a new you have new goaltenders, you draft a first overall. You have you have this turnaround. Have from especially from where they were last year. Yeah, and you know what, let's talk about Rasmus Dahlin for a little bit here. Not a lot on the road trip when it comes to points. But he did get his first goal. He got his first goal, but not much on, in terms of points for this guy. But I saw a guy who was very capable with and without the puck. I, he had a learning day when the Vegas game, he, he, he had a hard time. He had a hard day. Shea Taylor on a play that was eventually called back offsides, Darlene got got by Shea Theodore. And you know what? That's going to happen to a rookie. Even as talented as Darlene is. But what do you do? You you don't cry about it. You go back and you get back to work. The next shift, the next game, everything. Rasmus Darlene has been very capable in his own end. And he's been very capable. He's starting to pinch more. You're starting to see it more. I think that you've got something there, and um, it looks like I, he's he's forming into his own now. I think I think he needs more minutes. He needs some more minutes. Yes, I, I do think, agree. I think he's he's starting to look like he's not only really coming into his own. He, he's looking like he might be their number two defenseman right now. Yes, and that might need to mean you know. Splicing a bit off of that top pairing now of Ristolainen and McCabe, Marcus Scandella has struggled. And 
yes, he's not a true top-pairing defenseman, naturally. So he's going to struggle. But last year, you at least saw steadiness in Scandella's game. Now you're seeing a little bit more wavering and a lot more of the bad decisions. When he was with Zach Bogosian in the uh, Anaheim game, he looked fantastic. Smart decisions with the puck. Smart decisions without it. Not chasing anything. Not diving and flailing on the ice anymore. Scandella looks like he's comfortable again. I'm perfectly fine. And he might be in an over, like, he might be overcast for the position of third-pairing defenseman. I'm fine with Scandella on the second pairing with Bogosian. I'm perfectly fine with that. But as I said, I think Darlene needs more minutes, so you might, the best, the easiest option might just be switch him and McCabe. Risto, Darlene, McCabe, Nelson. Yeah. That might be the easiest thing, because if Scandella Bogosian is going to be a steady pair, that's a whether or not they're on whether or not they're on the second or third pairing doesn't matter. If they're steady, they keep them together. True. I liked a lot of what I saw from that West Coast trip. I really did. Uh, Tage Thompson was scratched throughout the last two games. I'm suspecting someone's going to get a bus ride to Rochester. That's not a bad thing. Tage has not produced. He hasn't, and I loved seeing him in the preseason. He earned a job on the opening right night roster, but that does not mean that your job is safe. you got to keep going. And unfortunately, he has not been able to continue to produce from there. So I suspect that there might be a swap out, a call up and a send down. Who? No idea. It could be Victor Olofsson. I don't think it would be. I think It could be C.J. Smith, or it could be Alex Nylander. I'm probably going in increasing likeliness there. I think it's C.J. Smith would be the first. Because all three of them guy, have been fantastic. Because, la- because he was, was going to get called up last year before he got injured. I also think, though, that Nylander, Nylander and Brendan Gooley, they were both on the roster still, like right before cutdown, like right before the final cuts. Yeah. They remained on the roster. That tells me they're the first guys up. Defensively and offensively, respectively. Those two are the first ones up. I'm guessing that's why they were they they still stuck around until the final cut. I can see that too. I'd love to see Nealander called up. Um Sutton just tells me that they're gonna call up cj smith first as of now but i could be wrong in a week it could change it might might even depend on what kind of player they want to call up they may just not call up the best they might just want to call up a certain player to bring who brings something that they that they want if they want if they're looking to call up a guy who can score your options are really nylander and olafson yeah, I mean C.J. Smith can store, score too, but he's more he's more well rounded. They yes. want that, they probably call him up. Yeah, but there's fun possibilities there. Fun possibilities. Yeah. Look at that. Fun. No what? It's fun. fun possibilities. Fun. Sports is supposed to be fun. All right. 
I think I think the rage is coming out. I don't think I'm going to be able to not talk about it anymore, Frank. I mean, you can hold off as much as you can. That's true. I was taking my pot shots in the in the first 15 minutes anyway. How boring of a football team do you need to have? Seriously. I don't understand how boring this team can actually be in the Buffalo Bills. That first quarter, nothing happened, and I was so bored that I just, oh my god. And now the talk is, hey, we could be possibly trading Shade McCoy, we could possibly be trading Calvin Benjamin, and you know what? Fine, trade Benjamin. I'm going to be selfish here. Are you ready? I'm going to be selfish about something. I want the Bills to keep LaShawn McCoy. I need the Bills to keep LaShawn McCoy. The minute he got hurt yesterday, it was impeccably boring. Do you know it's not boring? Watching LaShawn McCoy He's not boring. get even a two-yard gain. He's not boring. He is not boring. He's the most entertaining thing you've got left on this football team right now. Until Josh Allen comes back from injury. And Allen, in Allen's case, sometimes it's entertainingly bad. <laughs> but it's still entertaining. LaShawn McCoy is a fun thing to watch. And you're going to take that away from me? I say absolutely not. Because here's the thing. Ready? There are people that want to watch the Bills. Yeah. There are lots of people that want to watch the Bills. There are also a lot of people that, if they're terrible, can literally go do and do anything else. Yeah. You can go mow your lawn while the weather's still nice. When it's snowing, you can go shovel your driveway if they suck so bad. Sure. You can go call your buddy and be like, hey, let's go to the bar and watch all the other actual football going on. Yeah. I can't. I'm not allowed to. I have to write a game story. Yes. Poor me. Blah, 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 blah. I get paid to watch the bills. Meh. First off, the place not all that good. I don't care. I need to be able to watch something worth a damn. That is why I say, do not take LaShawn McCoy from me. Don't do it. Hmm. I'm being selfish. I do not care. Because you can walk away. I don't get that out. I don't get that luxury. And by God, right now, that is a luxury to not have to watch the Bills. This team is ruining my life. And by God, it's because they are so mundane and boring. And if you take McCoy off of it, it somehow is going to get worse. They scored five points, Frank. Five. Yeah. How does that even happen? Other than your defense going ahead and scoring points. Technically, defense and special teams did all your work. I hate them. (laughs) Right now, I hate them. I have... A very depressing question. Is it more depressing than watching the Bills play football on offense? 
No, that's not. Is it, it more depressing than getting dunked on by the freaking no, one in five Colts? That that's not the it. The one in five Colts. That, that's that's not it. The G D Colts. That's not it. That's not the question. What could possibly be more depressing than this? I was going to ask, which is more depressing, this year's Bills or last year's Sabres? Yeah. I refrain from comment. (laughs) It's not even about this team being depressing or this team being bad or that anyone could have seen this coming. It's just, by God, a freaking eyesore. I, I would say my answer is this year's Bills, by the way. Because at least last year's Sabres, Sabres still had Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart and Rasmus Ristolainen and Ivana Kane until they got traded. And then hope for Rasmus Dahlin. Hope for Dahlin, yeah. What's there to look forward to in the draft this year? What flashy thing are we looking at? No, you're getting an offensive lineman, damn it. You are getting a wide receiver, hopefully. You don't get that flashy thing like we did in last year's draft. No, you don't. Well, because they're also supposed to have it right now. I know. But my point remains. Yeah. And if you didn't like the guy, well, now you're really going to be pissed. Because now you don't get to draft another one. Yeah, for at least another year or two. And his arm might be so messed up now that he could possibly not be the same. Super. That's speculation, by the way. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, it's speculation. But I mean, come on. If it's a if it's the ligament that requires Tommy John surgery, that could be a real possibility. Right? Maybe. I don't know. I hate this team. They hate me. They hate all of us right now. That's what's going on. The Bills hate all of us. I seriously doubt the Bills capability to put up anything more than 13 points for the rest of the season (laughs) no matter who is that quarterback and what's coming the bleeping patriots the evil awesome that is we are at peak moment to take the patriots when we could possibly be seeing nathan bleeping peterman at quarterback on monday night football stop you want to talk about the worst possible time to draw the Patriots? The worst possible time to have a Monday night game? This is that time. This is it right here and right now. This is why the Bills do not get primetime, and we are going to be, the nation is going to be brutally reminded of this when we lose 52-3. to Because we are possibly having a discussion about Nathan Peterman versus Derek Anderson at quarterback. You're not wrong. I'm not wrong. And it sucks to even have to realize this. Yesterday, Shope during the postgame said that that's the lowest point of sports talk radio. Peterson versus Anderson. Uh, Peterman versus Anderson. <laughs> and what is this? This is not just a, some game against the Titans. This is not some game... An interconference game against the Bears. This is national television, Monday Night Football, and the Bills are going to trot out some sorry excuse of a passer against Tom Brady. We're not even talking about Brock Osweiler over here. These two 
make me want to kill for Brock Osweiler to be the quarterback. And he's terrible. And this is going to be put on national television. This is why the Bills get laughed at. This is why everything else happens like this. This is why we don't get national TV games. This is why. Because it's peak Bills. Last year, oh my God, this could be all so much worse if we had a playoff drought hanging over our heads. Oh my God, yeah. This would be so much worse. If they went 9-7 and seven, then they didn't make it and then had to make all these moves and there would be the pressure of the playoff drought hanging over and the overall just droll feel of a playoff drought hanging, that would be 18 years worth of a playoff drought and you guarantee that 19 now? Mother of God. It would be insufferable. I'm pissed off now? Whew. Imagine that. Imagine that. That, Frank. You wanted to ask me about something depressing? That is pretty depressing. This is true. That yeah. would be awful. Yeah. I do want to go back to the Sabres in a little bit. Okay. But you want to know what was not awful? What? My pickums. Your pickums did really well. My pickums were lit. Yeah. They fire. I did be good. You, you did got, be good too, but I did not okay. as good as me. No. I didn't do as good. But not as good as me. You got two wrong heading into Monday night game. Yeah. Yeah. I have six. And I'm, and I do I'm, have six wrong. And you better bet that I did not pick the Giants today, so I'm pretty sure it's just going to be two wrong. Yeah. Atlanta Atlanta winning would be eight and six for me. Ooh. I thought you did better than that. No, because Balt- I picked Baltimore over New Orleans. That didn't happen. And I picked Dallas over Washington, and that didn't happen. And funny thing is, is one of the picks that I got with you, I had swapped on Sports Talk Saturday with Nate. I had picked the Eagles with us, but I went and went with Carolina on Saturday. Oh. <laughs> and that's pretty good. That's a pretty good track record there. Does it ever yeah. happen often? No. Come on. But who burned me consistently here? Browns going Browns. Yeah. 59-yard field goal to lose it. Yeah. My question is, what the hell were you doing only scoring three points on Tampa Bay's stupidly bad defense by the second quarter? You earned that loss. Want to do weekend pickums? Let's do it. Thursday nighter. Houston, Miami. Before we go on, it is pretty funny. That uh, we usually pick the Bills game last, and now we have to pick the Bills game yeah. last based yep. on order. Yeah. So, all right. Houston, Miami, Thursday nighter, gross. You know I'm not picking the – oh, my God, Brock Osweiler revenge game. Oh. Houston is paying him. Could you imagine Houston paying him to beat them? I might have to pick Miami here. Are you picking Miami? It's stupid enough of a storyline to have happen. And the Texans aren't Houston. good. Texans aren't that good. Either is Miami. I know. But there is chance for the Brock Osweiler revenge game. I'm going to go ahead and take my shining week and just throw it right into the dumpster by picking the Dolphins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was nice knowing you, good pick em week. The London game, Philly-Jacksonville. Jacksonville's at home. 
but <laughs> they're also terrible. We've seen blowout after blowout after blowout in London. And what are we giving to Mexico City, by the way? Oh, in Chiefs, week in, in week eleven, that's going to be the Chiefs and the Rams. You're welcome, Mexico. Yeah. You, you going Philly? Yeah, of course. I mean, if I lived in a world where I'd willingly pick Blake Bortles, just stop. Do a thing. Okay. Uh, Jets and Bears. Bears are probably upset after losing two in a row to the AFC East. Here's another one. Oh, and wait, are they going through all four AFC East teams in a row? I don't do the. Bills. They lost to Miami. They lost to New England. They're facing the Jets, and then they face the Bills. Yeah, all in a row. They're doing the AFC East all in a row. Yeah. That's weird. Weird. You could take advantage yeah. of a rookie quarterback. They might even out on the AFC East here, and I think they do starting this week. Okay. Because you know I'm not picking the Bills. Yeah, or the Jets. Ugh. Well, I'm picking – yeah, I'm picking the Bears there. All right. Bucks, Bengals. Bengals. I don't have to go into this too much. Despite their loss yesterday to Kansas City, they are a far more complete team than Tampa Bay is. I'm going to take the upset. You do that. Since he's also not been good. They're still a more balanced they're fine. team. They're bungling their way out of it. But losing three straight, I don't see that. The talent is there on this roster. Also, I'm take, I'm a, I'm they still have talent on offense, and Tampa, Tampa Bay's defense is butt. It, it is butt, yes. Not it's down that booty. It's not bootylicious. It's just booty. I'm take. I'm gonna I'm take Tampa. The upset. Seattle, Detroit. You go first. I'm taking Seattle. Why not? I'll face you. I'll take the loins. Uh, the over. Denver, Kansas City. <laughs> you know I'm t- you know I'm taking that high flying team. Kansas City's just legit. Yep. Redskins Giants. Ugh. The NFC East might be the worst division in football. The NFC South four and two. That's weird. Yeah. They are the worst division in football. The AFC South has something to say about this. But, man, all of those teams are dreadful. I'm going to pick the Giants because why not? Lulls. Because the NFC East is depressingly bad. Cleveland-Pittsburgh. What did you pick in that one? Oh, I'm picking Washington. There you go. Well, well, you're not announcing your picks there, bud. Sorry. Cleveland and who? Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm not taking Browns. They've burned me now twice. Go to yeah. hell. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm not taking Cleveland Baltimore, anymore. Carolina. Give me the Panthers here. I, Yeah, I'm going to go Carolina too. They're a strange group. One week they can derp it to the Redskins, and then the next thing you know, a couple weeks later, they can beat the Eagles down. Yeah. We'll come back and Weird. beat the Eagles, I should say. Colts, Raiders. Colts. Colts. Yeah. Not only did Andrew look, Luck look good against a pretty good defense, the Raiders are a tire fire. And John Gruden should be ashamed of himself. Packers, Rams. 
You pick against the unbeaten team. I dare you. I yeah, know. Oh, but it's he's a, a bad man, he's though. He's a bad man, but I dare you. Go ahead. Be uh, my guest because I ain't doing it. Packers just find ways. The Rams just find ways either, to win. But I will say if there's any game that should be for the Rams game. to lose, it would be this one. Can we flex a game into Monday night? Is that possible? I, w- I, I wish. But I will say, yeah, if there's any game for the Rams to lose, because they're not going to win every game, are they? No. Oh, that's a good point. They have to lose at some point. It would be to Aaron Rodgers. It could be to Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not the Packers. I'm still taking the Rams, but... You're not loving it? I'm not loving it. The Packers are so grossly mismanaged, and Aaron Rodgers tries to save their ass on a weekly basis that I cannot really have too much faith in them to beat the Rams. All right, next game. Niners-Cardinals. Niners have looked promising, and wow, do the Cardinals look like a mess. I'll take C.J. Beathard here. As much as I'd want to pick Josh Rosen to win a game. I'm going to pick Rosen. You do that. They look terrible. Yeah. I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to pick Rosen. Well, Mike McCoy did get fired. Dead. So there's a Byron Leftwich is the new offensive coordinator. There's possibly a step up here for them. Yeah. All right. How about Byron Leftwich being an OC now? Well, let's Good do this. Well, show me what you got. Yeah. <laughs> Saints-Vikings is the Sunday nighter. Really? Yeah. I'm going to take Minnesota here. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Saints. I don't love it, but I think it's just one of those things that's just going to happen. And then the obvious choice. (sighs) Yeah. I got a question for you. What? Instead of picking that game straight up, do we pick it with a spread? See what kind of shot in the arm the Bills are getting? 13 and a half. Really? The Vikings got more. Yeah. Than the Patriots, who always kick the Bills down the stairs. It's never even close. At least with the Jets and the Dolphins, the Patriots sometimes well, what, lose was, the spread. What was the opening line for the Vikings? Game? 16 and a half. It was 16 and a half? Yes. Oh it was almost was, 17 points. What was, but what was it heading into, sun, heading into Sunday? It remained at 16. So it remained at 16 and a half the whole week. The joke was that the Bills covered the Vikings' massive spread. I know. No, I'm saying is, I was asking, did the spread change throughout the week? Not really. You think this one will? One condition. One condition. What? If Nathan Peterman's named the starter for any reason. Okay. <clears throat> 13. Give me a break. I know they're at home, but still. That is rather low for a Bills-Patriots game. And you're going to see it. I'm not even picking the Bills with 20 points. If you gave me 20 points, I'm not picking the Bills. <laughs> you know what? That's my pick em. I'm picking the Patriots minus 20. Okay. And if it loses, it loses. Write it in there. I'm writing it in there right now. <laughs> if the Bills keep it within 20 points, I will be stunned. Yeah. Because this team is embarrassing. And we got to talk about this against New England? 
I'm going to tell you what we're not going to be doing, Chief. We are not talking about this on Friday. Mostly because I have a wedding to attend. But if I was here for the podcast on Friday, I'm not talking about this game. I'm not previewing it. I don't need to. It's gross. Yeah. We also might be looking into a Sunday podcast this weekend because of the Monday night game, naturally. So there's your little programming warning right there for you. Mother of God. They have to play the Patriots now. Now. You couldn't have done this in week one? Oh, no, never mind. You couldn't have done this in week two? Never mind. Couldn't have done this in, like, week three? Instead of the Vikings game, they play irrationally pissed against the Patriots? Maybe. Couldn't have done it in week three? Really? You couldn't have done it in week two when you could market the rookie quarterback, Josh Allen, making his first career start? At least the good news is that the national media and uh, draft pundits aren't going to laugh at the Bills about Josh Allen. Oh, my God, I found a positive for this game, Frank. We're not going to get bitched at about Josh Allen. Oh, my God. They're going to get kicked and kicked and kicked repeatedly in the groin. But guess what? We're not going to have to hear a single peep about the Bills and how bad Josh Allen is. Because he's hurt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my God, I am at peace. There it is, Bills fans. I found your positive light from Monday night. We don't have to hear about people saying Josh Allen sucks. Because everyone in the country isn't going to see him playing against New England. (laughs) That's the positive of this game. I hate this team. Oh. Why, Frank? Why do we why do we continue to do this? Because they force it upon us. I get that, but I don't know. They force it. Alright. Last thing I'm gonna talk about the Bills here. You ready? What's that? I'm asking you a question. Okay. Nathan Peterman or Derek Anderson? I'd rather just see Derek Anderson. I can't stomach another Peterman game. I, you know what? And this is me being selfish about it wanting to be entertaining. I might want it to be entertainingly bad. I might want it to just be entertainingly bad. Yeah, Derek Anderson threw three picks yesterday, but two of it was when the game was already out of reach. And a fumble that was when the game was already out of reach. Colts scored 24 points in the second quarter. That's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the fumble there, Chuck, by the way. Thanks, Charles Clay. But, yeah, there might be, um, a, there might be a reason to want something entertainingly bad. Okay, I'm going to change my answer from Anderson. I want Logan Thomas to start. Might be the most legitimate option. Hey, oh. Man. Man, oh, man. This is rough. We'll see how rough. 
and we'll worry about that later. Frank's got it on Friday, by the way. As I'd mentioned, I'm not going to be here. So Frank's going to drag someone in here with him, probably. I'd imagine. Yeah. I don't know who yet. He probably doesn't either. I'll figure it out Friday. Frank will figure it out day of. Who cares? It's, it's the Leftovers Podcast here on That's WGR. Yeah, it is. The Leftovers Podcast here on WGR550.com and on demand on the Radio.com app. I'm Derek Kramer. I'm Frank Curry. Thank you, as always, for listening. Sabres play against the Canadiens on Thursday. And then they play again Saturday, right? I think it's uh, Thursday, Saturday for them. I believe so. So they've only got gonna, two games gonna, this week. I'm going to check this check real quick. And then, of course, we all know what's going on on Monday. We'll have our next podcast on Friday with Frank. I'll be back probably for Sunday as I'm openly talking about planning on switching it up with him right here so that he kind of gets the hint that we probably shouldn't do the Monday podcast. Frank, respond to me, please. I I, I get the hint. And, (laughs) yes, the Sabres play on Saturday in Columbus. So we can talk about that as well on the next one. So, again, thanks for listening. And I don't have anything witty here to say. We've got a possibility of Peterman or Anderson in Monday night. Go, Go Logan Thomas. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.